get it wrong. I mean, I'm sure people could get it wrong, but... Oh, for sure. That's a mouthful. But I got you. No worries. Okay. Okay, That's what good. we're here for. <laughs> right on. Well, let's, let's get it going. MLBC. Excuse me, but I'm singing in one key and you're singing in another. Poor is the man whose pleasures depend on the permission of a Open the door now and, and suffer. Su- 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 Just give me a fan. I don't trust any man who hasn't kissed another man. I'm waiting. All right, people, it's time to get your dancing shoes on. You're listening to MLBC. It's all Madonna, all the time. Welcome to the party, bitches. Hi, this is Paul Kirkland, and you're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast. Your place for all things Madonna, Luis, Veronica, Saccone. Hey, everybody, it's Ben. And hey, everybody, it's Stefan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of MLVC. As you just heard today on the show, we are joined by dancer, choreographer, actor, creative director, and artistic developer, Paul Kirkland. Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, gentlemen. Yes, Much snaps, appreciated. Snaps, snaps. <laughs> Paul, where are you podcasting from today? I am in Los Angeles, California at the moment. Uh, the former sunny Los Angeles. It's the now. former sunny. That's right. Yeah. It's about You're 60. Away. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am literally in the clouds today. It's overcast and about 60 degrees and been raining, oh, actually, not, for the past couple Not days. the weather everyone wants in LA. No, it's not. No. <laughs> I thought they did a good job at the Oscars, though. That you, didn't, you couldn't tell that it was like rainy at all. I don't even know where they put them. They must have been tented. Oh, 100%. Hollywood and Highland, they got it figured out over there. Everybody stayed nice and dry in those fancy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> As they should. You know. Where you weren't at the Oscars, were you? Were you at I an would, after party? Were you at the after parties? You know, usually I'm invited to Guy and uh, Madonna's after party, but this year something slipped through the cracks. So we're going to have to talk to Guy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. It got lost in the rain. Hey, could have happened. Washed away. <laughs> Uh, before we get to questions, I just wanted to give everyone a bio in case they already don't know who Paul Kirkland is. Oh. I, they know who you are, even if they don't know who you are. But oh. uh, for the past two decades, Paul Kirkland has worked alongside some of the world's best musicians, including our girl Madonna, Paula Abdul, Stevie Wonder, Jennifer Lopez, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, and Christina Aguilera, and more. He's appeared on TV shows like Dancing with the Stars and every major award show out there. He's been in films such as Burlesque and La La Land. He's also choreographed for Dancing with the Stars and also for Ricky Martin. (laughs) His experience for entertaining inspired him to launch a creative company by the name of Ain't One Creative with fellow Sticky and Sweet dancer Jason Young. Ain't One has allowed him to pursue his passion of creative direction, which has already led him to the Pro Bowl, Good Morning America, the Today Show, the Latin Grammys, and the Latin Billboard. So... Wow, that's and you're like He's super busy. Young I mean, <laughs> barely. You're just just getting started. And yeah, you know, I would like to look at it that way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny though. You know, hey, life is what it is, and you know, whether it's creating, producing, choreography, whatever it takes, that's that's the beauty that we get to live every day. So, you know, I'm blessed Excellent. with everything I've been able to do. So let's talk about the origin of that beauty and talk to us about how you became involved in dance. Yeah, so I started dancing at the young age of three. I went to a wow. daycare. Um, 
that was called Children's Small World at the time. And behind that was a shopping center with a dance studio in it called Barbara Thompson School of Dance. Um, I went over with about 10 kids every day and took dance class. My first class was a tap jazz combo. And, you know, it just kind of went off from there. Basically, I, I went to a performing arts middle school, high school, and then at night I went to a dance studio. So I trained probably, I would say, a good eight hours a day dancing wow. as a child. <clears throat> and then when I was, how old was I? 16, I want to say. I got a scholarship to come to LA and perform at uh, the Edge Scholarship Show, which is kind of like your Broadway dance center there in New York. Mm -hmm. But it was our big studio here in LA for a long time. Unfortunately, it closed, I want to say, right after COVID. Uh, but, so many you know, it's because, you know, they just couldn't support themselves. I know, you know, and Debbie Reynolds was another one that was a classic studio here in LA. But to get back to it, so I kind of, you know, I came out here and did a scholarship program and I got offered a job to tour at that time. And I was like, you know what, let me go back and finish high school. And then I came out and basically just started touring at 18 years old and got to the meat and potatoes of it. Christina was my, Christina Aguilera was my first big tour. And then right after that was Madonna at 23 years old. Wow. wow. Oh, you're so, you were a child. So you were on the stripped tour. I started on the reinvention tour. No, with Christina. With, Chris with Christina. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, yes. Yes. We're, we're still on your journey. We'll, we'll get You're to, on my journey. <laughs> That's yeah. right. We'll get yes. to Lady I Madonna in a minute. Yeah. So I, yes, I started on the stripped tour. And okay. Excellent. Yeah. It was a good experience and really allowed me to, it was my second time touring the world. I'll give you a little tidbit. My first tour was opening up, it was a, with an artist named Casey who opened up with the band O-Town. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Oh, you're taking all the millennial listeners back to like their youth. Yes, 100%. Wow. So oh, that's the first making of the what band. What happened to O-Town? You know, they're out there doing their thing. They're probably um, on like a cruise ship with Boys to Men and mm, Insane. You know what? They might be. I do know that they were doing festival tours at the time with, I want to say it was Boys to Men. It was Paul Abdul. Because they're all like banding together. They're, they're like they're like riding the wave of like the 80s and 90s craze. And they're like all like coming together because they know they couldn't like stand on their own. So it's like, let's package it all up. <laughs> oh, well, Paula Abdul, I mean, she has a legacy of her own, but I feel like that time, it's a certain fan base, right? And as yes, artists, yes. we have to grow up together and we have to mature with each other and we all have to, you know, kind of keep keep everybody in the loop in a way. Mm -hmm. So for them, it's kind of nostalgia to do all these shows and totally. be able to perform for those children, you know, 20, 30 years ago that grew up with these artists. So... It's amazing to see that now. And I've been a part of a couple of those. I, I did a couple with uh, Paul Abdul. And it's, it's actually really inspiring and kind of takes you back to your childhood, our sure. childhood, let's say that. Well, and those, those package tours are great because for the audience, it gives everyone such a bang for their buck. And, and they change the lineups enough that it keeps it fresh. I don't, mm -hmm. I enjoy them. I like them. I've been going to this since I went to the Sweetwater Festival back in like the aughts with uh, uh -huh. Jill Scott and Erica Badu and that whole crew. Uh -huh. So oh, wonderful stuff. That, okay. So picking up from your journey in dance, tell us about your Madonna journey that led you to the reinvention tour. Oh man. So 
I just got done with Christina and I was like, okay, what's next? What are we going to do? And then Madonna popped up and coincidentally, Jamie King, who was her creative director for quite some time, was Christina's creative director. Uh, So I was like, I might have a shot at this. (laughs) so i went and if anybody knows and i'm sure you do because sounds like you guys have talked to reshma and tamara um you know it's a long grueling uh audition process it's about two three days and i want to say back then madonna had an audition in la she had one in london she had one in new york at the time and from everyone that she picked out from New York and London, she flew them to LA to audition with everyone she kept in LA. So I want to say there was probably about a hundred people at that point. And we're day three in, I want to say we've learned four or five numbers at this time to audition for her. And yeah, it was just, it, it was one of those experiences that you're like, okay, we're, we're going through the grinder to get this job. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. That's a lot and, of work. I mean, to have to, Dan, I mean, I guess they were all Madonna songs that you're dancing to. Oh, 100%. And, you know, at the same time, it was just, you're, you're spending eight hours for three days learning routines to audition for one job. We were like, what's going on here? We're not using <laughs> But I will say it was, it was a beautiful experience, and it really allowed my relationship with all of the dancers, Jamie, you know, his his assistants, whether it's uh, Tiffany Olsen or Stephanie Roos, to just all of us to really build a nice, beautiful relationship that I have to this day. And I cherish mm-hmm. that. And I think that's the most important thing was that was the beginning of a long relationship with so many beautiful souls. Well, and I guess if you think about it, you know, you're going to be on the road with these people for a long time. I mean, I know I having recently gone through uh, a job interview process they want to make sure that you're the right person for the job and that you're going to be able to handle whatever they throw at you. And so I guess, you know, Madonna must figure, Hey, if you can't handle three days of eight hour dancing, you're not going to be able to handle the tour. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, listen, as a dancer, you know what that, what your job entitles. And I mean, even if you look back and I'll give you the perfect example, uh, on truth or dare, they, you know, but the follow up, let me tell you a secret. And there's a scene where it was the audition process and everybody's jumping up and down. I'm like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I'm walking around like, here we go. Let's go to work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't even think you guys know what, what we're in for, but right. yeah, everyone's happy that we're going to not sleep and we're going to be sore. And yeah, go through the whole process, you know, but You know, I think at the same time that what's so beautiful about those experiences is that you know that you're going to be pushed to your limit. You know you're going to learn something you never thought you would ever learn before. For instance, the whole gun twirling, Mm -hmm. you know, for the reinvention tour and the drumming. Holy Jesus, I can't even (laughs) tell you how many hours I spent in the dressing room practicing that. Um, You know, so you just, you know this going into it. And you know that you're about to ride a ride and experience something that no one in the world is ever going to be able to experience ever again. Well, and so you mentioned Tamara and Rashma that we had on the show who danced with you on Reinvention Tour. They had mentioned that many of the people who danced on Reinvention were chosen based on what they said was special dance abilities. What did you have a special dance ability that brought you on the show? You know... That's a great question. I would say that my special ability is, you know, as a kid, I grew up studying multiple different dance styles. So I like to call myself a jack of all trades, master Mm -hmm. of none. 
but I, you know, and I still thrive in my career off the fact that I'm able to bounce around from any situation and I can blend, I can be a solid piece that, you know, you can put in any situation and I will make it the best that it should be. Yeah, so that's kind of like, my specialty. Because uh, Tamara, she was always like contortion and like twisting and contortion like, and aerialist, amazing. you know. Yeah. And then you have Reshma, who you know understands her Indian dances and just gorgeous in that aspect, and you know it works. And then you have Cloud, who's an amazing b boy. You have Jason Young, who's a tapper. You know, you had uh, Moran at the time, who was you know a popper, and that was his specialty for the tour. Um, you know. Zach Woodley, who was just an amazing human being. That's his specialty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but Honestly, he was very much like me. We studied. I thought you were going to say stamina because I remember you being in so many numbers on that show. I was like, how is he upright at the end? Like, come on. <laughs> that was insane. Well, that's my thing. You know, for me, I'm, I'm a little different. You know, I played football. I played a lot of sports growing up, and I danced at the same time. So stamina for me... My whole thing is power, training. it's marathon training, but it's power, it's execution, it's heart. It's, you know, we, I think as dancers, we have an obligation and that's to make people feel good beyond the artist. And if we don't show up and do our job at 100% every night, every second of the time, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. oh, you should you know make what a I mean? t-shirt out of that. <laughs> <laughs> you really well, should. You know, so, but that's anything in life, right? If we, if Absolutely. we attack anything with that mentality, we'll succeed. And that's, mm -hmm. that's what matters the most. So that's what I felt on stage. And especially when you're in front of whether it's 15,000 to a hundred thousand people, it doesn't really matter. It's, we have an obligation and that's mm -hmm. to do our job and that's to do it from our heart and soul. So you were part of, in Reinvention Tour, you were part of the epic four man tango number for Die Another Day, mm -hmm. which from a non-dancer's perspective, looked absolutely, utterly complex. Like, I would watch that and be like, right. I don't even understand how they're doing it. Like, she, her weaving from one to the other to the other, and you're all still doing the same, the correct movements and whatnot. And what was it like having to learn the choreography for that number? Do you remember anything about that? Um, I think there were a lot of bruised shins <laughs> and calves from kicking each other. <laughs> um you know, tango is such a complex and intimate dance style that it, it took him, it took us a minute. It definitely took us a minute. And Reshma was my partner during that number. Oh, nice. Which was, you know, lovely. And we got to build a nice uh, synergy on stage during that. And, you know, it, yeah, I'm trying to think back because I just remember watching the number from the choreographers first and their, their names are skipping my mind, but they were incredible. Sorry. Um, and being like, uh Oh, here we go. And it's so intricate with the footwork yeah. because that's what it's really about. And then the passion and the, and the stature and the stillness and the upper body that it was, it was very complex, but it did take us a minute. And it, you know, other than that, it's just really like any other number you take your time, you learn it, you let it marinate in your body you know, over time and it'll sit in there and becomes muscle memory. So, mm. you know, I'm sure it looked complex, but remember we had a good month and a half, two months to rehearse that. So I enjoyed it. It's, it's something that I will forever remember, especially trying to tie that, that rope, right. you know, around my arm in a specific way. Cause it had something to do with Kabbalah, the, you know, in that time. 
and you know it had some resemblance for her then but it was like and it actually came up on a job I did the other day um somebody was like hey remember that thing you did like, what was the intention behind that? <laughs> well, it's funny you bring that up. That was if I if I had an opportunity to get a question about that in, I was going to ask it because I saw this show from the pit, and we couldn't tell what was happening with that. But then I saw it from like the nosebleeds, and I was like, oh, that's like a really well known symbol in Kabbalah, and I was like, oh, I totally get what she's doing with that with the tango mm-hmm. and everything, but. Only certain parts of the audience even got to see that. So, but that was nice that that was something that 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 they put in the show and that you guys were able to execute for like the people in the back, like are the ones who really got to enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, it's even interesting for me to hear your perspective. Saying I was in the pit and I didn't understand it, but when I got up, you know, a little higher, I I could understand what it is, you know. And I think that's interesting, seeing your perspective. Oh, because it was two different shows from the two the two places I saw it. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, I know that. You know, I know that. Um, did you have any favorite numbers to perform on that tour? Favorite numbers. It would have either been Holiday, I think, was probably, you know, my favorite. Just grounded, felt earthy, allowed us to move from a very modern hip-hop aspect. So that would be my favorite. Oh, excellent. Not um, Vogue. You didn't like Vogue. No, let me tell you something. Wearing all the I, costume. I, I, I mean, come you on. You look, good. you look good in that costume, by the way. Oh, okay. You like my red wig? <laughs> 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 so, you know, the interesting thing about that was I have two mentors that I still love. I call them my big brothers, and that's Rich and Tone Talawega, who have, uh, you know, creative directed for Madonna and choreographed for them. And that was the first tour that they came on. And I remember being in rehearsal. And they came in and workshop just to get the job. This was mm. just for them to do Vogue. And they ended up doing the whole tour after that. But let me tell you something. I saw these two brothers do something that I was like, holy shit, what kind of Polynesian version, uh, uh, 14th century version of Vogue is this? And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. And then they put me in a red wig and the whole thing. And I was like, okay, well, let's stick it to a different element. But... <laughs> But the choreography, everything felt good, you know, and that was the whole thing was that tour, everything just felt good in your body. Yeah, so. that was definitely a choreography dancers tour for sure. Like it didn't have all the the sort of accoutrement of like special effects in the stage. It really focused on the performers, which was why it's a huge fan favorite for sure. Well, that's interesting that you say that because if you look at it since then, there's there hasn't been, what was there, eight dancers on that tour? Eight, yeah, there were only ten. Eight. Yeah, exactly. Look at everyone since then. There's a lot. Yeah, it was. It's a. It was a small group back yeah. then. It's. It's interesting that it's grown so much since then. Right. Well, the stages have gotten bigger. You got yeah, more real just, estate to cover. I mean, that sticky and sweet stage, and then MDNA. I mean, those stages were massive. And reinvention was that cute little little rectangle and then occasionally the little lips and the thing in the middle. I don't know what Well, if you remember, happened. we had the whole V that came down from yes, the ceiling. Yes, loved that. Uh, yes, yes. So that's where the production that's what that's went. That's called. Uh, the bridge. Oh, I called it the bridge. Yeah, it, it's a bridge. It's You can yeah. call it whatever you want. We call it a B stage. Oh, okay. Because uh, you have your A stage, which is your main stage, and then B stage is anything in front of it. Was, um, it, was it challenging dancing around the people in the pit? Like Ben, 
<laughs> no, actually, let me tell you something. There's nothing better than being able to get in the middle of the pit or or just be in the audience and feel the energy. That's that's what drives the show even further up for you. You know, because oh. you, you it's intimate. You want to mm-hmm. feel intimate. But to be clear, Stefan, in the pit, even from the state, I'm six three. So the stage hit me like just below the chest. Right at the boobies. And right. so then there was a glass partition that came to about my eyes. So like oh, right, I could look right, at right. Paul's knees when he went by. <laughs> and, and I had to be very careful. Like if I was dancing that I didn't put my hands above my head because the security guard standing over at the entrance would come over and grab me by the wrist and be like, you cannot do that. So <laughs> <laughs> That said, well, Madonna did hit me in the face with her wet, sweaty hair and I didn't wash my face for three days. Thank you very much. <laughs> that but, is hilarious. So couple more questions on reinvention. What was it like traveling on that tour with an artist of like Madonna's level, which we got to see some in, I'm going to tell you a secret, but what was your perspective on that versus the camera's perspective? I think it was my first time experience five-star hotels. I think it was my first time experiencing being able to travel in a private plane Mm -hmm. for all of the crew. And you know what was so special about that was it really gave us a moment to bond. And it was like the musicians would be playing music. We'd be playing poker in the back. You know, it was just it gave everybody a chance to intermingle because it was it was not only just dancers and band, it was crew members as well. Mm. And it got us all a chance to just really get to know each other and spend a lot of time with each other. So those were the cool elements to me and eye opening. First of all, I mean, I've never been treated like that ever in my life. Uh-huh. Let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, few of us, few of us have. Um, <laughs> and so, two more. One, how what were how did how did it feel? Were you cognizant of the cameras no. when the do, as the doc, or did it just become like second nature? Who was it at the time? Was it Reshma? Oh, Ristella. They gave her a camera, and they were like, "Hey, take this around and you know do your thing and." Just give it back to us when when it's, you know, the film's out or whatever it was at the time. Um, other than that, yeah, they were just very much in the corner. You know, we didn't really know they were there. They were on a tight Zoom on us, I'm sure, at some point. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, you just kind of forget they're there. You live your life. You be yourself and just enjoy the process. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it showed. And then one last question about reinvention. Out of that experience, how did the experience and Madonna help push you in your skills as a dancer and performer? Oh, that's a great question. You know, um, just dedication to the art, knowing how to dig deep, really not ever leave any stone unturned, really dig into the history, know your history and why you're doing it. And, you know, just be authentic and be honest to yourself and, and what your art is to other people. Mm. you know mm. she she's there's there's a dedication that that woman has to what she wants and how she wants to get there that i don't think will ever be untouched and that's what makes her her absolutely so yeah. before we get to sticky and sweet which was your second madonna tour i mm-hmm. i wanted to clarify you were not part of her confessions tour correct i was not why was that you were not a part of the yeah, confessions sure. tour? You skipped, you skipped over confessions. 
I did, and I'm trying to think why. I think I was doing burlesque at the time. Well, that was so a few years were. later. Weren't you on the Back to Basics tour? Maybe I was. At that time, there was about 10 years that I was jumping back and forth between Christina and Madonna. And because I started with Christina, it just kind of led into the next thing. And um, I remember getting a phone call in Japan at the Asian Music Awards asking me to fly from there to New York to do Sticky and Sweet. And I was like, yep, but does that mean I get to go back to L.A. and get some clothes? And they were like, no, can you just come here? And I was like, okay, yep. We'll, make <laughs> wow. it happen. we'll, get, you, we'll get you clean underwear. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's kind of how that happened. It just happened really quick. I didn't expect it. Um, so you didn't have to audition this time? No, I didn't have to audition. Nice. Oh, well, so that must, have been, that must have felt nice, right? They were just asking you to come back? Well, I mean, come on. When you put in some work with somebody for so long, you know who you, we know each other. You know, Absolutely. you know what you're gonna get. You know, you know if you're gonna slip and fall somewhere, I'm going. I'm gonna be right there to swoop you up and keep you on your feet and keep moving. Mm-hmm. So, well, so that's how you got on the tour. Was it easier being on tour with Madonna for a second time because you were familiar with her, or did you feel there was like additional pressure to step up your game because? you were being asked back and this is your second time with her. You know, I think there's two sides of it, right? Yes, there is a comfort level because I do know what to expect. And I do kind of understand who she is in the system now, right? Anytime you're your first time into something, you're learning too. Mm-hmm. The second time, you know what it is, you know what more to expect. It's kind of like a rookie getting in any sports uh, you know, arena, whether it's football, you just don't know what to expect. But the second time was fine. Now, here's the caveat. And like, like you mentioned, everyone has a specialty. And with Rich and Tone involved and with you know, Jamie King involved and all these people, they're at the forefront of pushing you know, new styles that are being casted out into the world, whether it's crumping, whether it's Memphis juking, whether it's, you know, they're at the forefront of pushing those new styles that are really making a splash across the world. Now I have to adapt to that and I have to learn that. You know, and if we look at people like at the time, Little Buck wasn't a part of it, but I just used the the analogy of like Memphis juking because it's all on the toes. Man, you don't learn that in a day. That takes months. That takes years. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but I use the analogy so you can understand that, yeah, we have to learn to use our body in a different way than we're used to. You know, and especially from crumping, there's a technique that, you know, while it's still wild and, and you know, from the hood, you still have to find that internal uh, artistry mm-hmm. and what that base is to be able to really get in and attack it and make it look authentic and, you know, being a white guy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, find that respect and, and do my thing. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That dance is so much about connecting with your pain and expressing that through the body in a controlled way. It's really something else yeah exactly so sticky and sweet is the only madonna tour to ever be extended and come back for a second leg like a, how what what are your recollections of how that happened and how quickly it came together tell us that story you know it's interesting i want to say it was probably about a month from the end of the original tour that they came to us and it was a uh, hypnosis at the time came up to me i remember and being like hey 
you know, in six months, do you think you'd come back and do this? And I was like, look, man, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's three months. Maybe I'll have another job that's going to give me six months or nine months or right, a year. Right. Like, how am I supposed to answer that right now? And he was like, look, man, I'm just trying to get everybody together because we need to make this happen. And I was <laughs> like, okay. And I remember just being like, yeah, I can't really answer you, buddy. And tapped him on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but then about, uh, I remember a guy gave me a call and he was like, hey, is this something that you're interested in? And I was like, look, you know, there's a couple things that I have to figure out real quick. And a lot of it was just some life stuff at the time. And he was like, all right, well, you know, give me a second and let me check back in with Madonna. And he called me back and convinced me to do it. So I ended up going back and doing the last, what was it, three months, I want to say. It was mm -hmm. Australia, it was yeah. South America, and did we do Asia? can't remember. I'm, I'm blanking was, on the date. I'm wearing the T-shirt. It was all uh, Europe. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure. I don't know if yeah. the dates are on the uh, the, the, the It the was mostly Europe on the, on the in the second leg. Well, I know on the second leg it was, it was definitely because we finish. We usually do Europe. We finished that tour. I want to say in Israel. I thought it and, finished in and Rio because then she had the photo shoot with Stephen Klein that was in W. Oh, look at you. Oh, listen, I'm a walking encyclopedia. He's checking me. <laughs> and, He's checking and me right the now. The second leg didn't come to the States, right? It was only no. in Europe, and it happened right around the time that Michael Jackson passed away. You are right. That's, that's when she incorporated oh. the tribute into the second leg as well. Yes. That's you are what correct I about that. You I are love that about the second correct. leg is that there were some subtle changes made to mm -hmm. the set list from... Do, do, do you get explained why that's happening or it's just, here's the new set list? Um, you know, listen, at that time, what, well, I think you're referring to, well, the Michael tribute makes complete sense, right? Totally. I mean, that was just paying homage to the king and, and I get it in there. And let me tell you something, that was one of the most difficult nights that I think I've dealt with with a cast specifically. And I, you know what, I'll tell you where we were at. We were in the movie theater watching Transformers, the very first one that came <laughs> wow. out. Wow. And the movie hadn't even started yet. And half the cast was in tears. Oh, and we were I'm just sure. like, are we going to stay here? Are we going to leave? Like, what are we going to do? Yeah, because how can you focus on a movie? Yeah, and it was, it was such a waste of time to even... We sat through the movie, but it was such a waste of time. Because after that, we all were like, you know, hugging and wiping each other's tears and... You know, because that was such a big inspiration for us. Sure. So, you know, there's that element. And then anytime there's a number added, listen, let's do it. Because it mm -hmm. switches things up. It makes us feel good. It just make, takes the monotony of things away. Yeah. Well, and so one of those, those new numbers was Frozen, was added Frozen. to the set list. And it was not part of the first run. And... It was such a kick-ass version. I always, anytime that we have somebody from Sticky and Sweet on the show, I always have to ask about the Frozen number, and you were part of that. No, so, nice. was it gratifying as a dancer to be able to like do that song? Did, did you, as a dancer, did you recognize how amazing that that version was for the fans watching? Oh yeah, instantly. I mean, as soon as they played it for us in rehearsal, it felt good. It felt like the right choice to make. Mm -hmm. And then as we were learning the choreography, we were like, hmm, yeah, we were doing a lot of the percolator. 
So, you know, I, yeah, I, that was a great, great move, great decision. And like I said, anytime you can add a new element like that, especially that one, mm-hmm. it just feels so good. I mean, Sticky and Sweet was, sorry, as I digress, Sticky and Sweet has such amazing versions of some of her songs, like, like a prayer is, is oh, remixed yeah. with that. And it feels like, right. you know, like oh, yeah. th- there's that, that it was, she was like putting in, there's the frozen. I mean, I loved that the holiday Michael Jackson tribute weaved in a bit of her mm-hmm. song celebration, which hadn't even been released yet. Yep. And like, there was just some really fantastic renditions on like into the groove where she's jumping rope. Did you have to jump rope? I, for, I forget if you were Oh my rope. God. You want to talk about a killer of a number? I had to jump rope. <laughs> and then at the end of it, I don't know if you remember, but there's a lot of photos out there. We got in a line and then she would throw her bum bum into my crotch area as hard as she could for a joke every night. And then it just kind of trickled back in the line and then we kept going. So yeah, it was a cardio and then I got a, a nut check at the same time. <laughs> she was super athletic in that, in that tour. Like there were like <clears throat> jumping rope and boxing elements. And like, it was just, there was so much like, Oh, I love athlete. that boxing montage. Yeah. The boxing yeah. transition was amazing, but you know what? Something I'm glad that you touched on that. That woman works out harder than anybody I know. She works out before the show, does the show, you know, stretches, wakes up mm-hmm. in the morning and works out, comes mm-hmm. to rehearsal. Like, yeah, I give it to her. There's, there's a motor in that woman that does not stop. Yeah, it was, it's fun to sort of see her. I mean, she was 50 when she was doing yeah. that show. Like 50 years old. I'm not even 50 and I don't think I can make it through half that. Yeah, not I'm I just turned something, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if I'm I about to right be now. fifty, and she wears me out just watching that video. Oy vey. <laughs> oh, uh, no. well, last thing I wanted to ask about Sticky and Sweet. So, um, I was watching some of the performances. Obviously, there's that uh, another crazy rendition of Vogue, where you're like throwing your arms back. Almost yeah, what dislocate. Do they call it? I dislocated my shoulder back in high school, and every time I watch that number, I'm like, ooh, I can feel it. Um, there's that. Uh, what's the section with all the guitars and the yeah the um, gypsy section the gypsy section yeah. where you're just sitting right next to her and We're just chilling, jamming out shots. watching everyone perform yeah you know that was you know what's interesting is that moment I think will always stick in my head for this is what it feels like for Madonna to stand here and have seventy five thousand people just stare at her. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here just literally sitting right next to her, soaking all of this in. You know, granted, yeah, we would do a shot maybe every now and again. Most of the time it was water, let's be honest. Right. Um, but, you know, it was just like, holy bejesus, this is what she experiences. And these people are here for this one person. And I get to just dwell in that moment with her for a second. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Yeah. This is like, you can't pay enough money for that. Yeah, because you're just receiving all that energy. Yeah. The energy, the love, and it's for the human being sitting right next to me. The sound wave. Very, very quickly before we transition, though, now that we've talked about reinvention and sticky mm-hmm. and sweet, speak a little bit 
on as a dancer sort of the difference between the arena performance and the stadium performance because you were on sticky and sweet which played in some of the biggest stadiums in the world at the time like mm-hmm. what what would you say about the sort of compare and contrast of that experience in an arena you can see the back of the arena because of the lighting so you have perspective right of what's happening around you in a stadium it just goes on like a sea of people. Mm. And you're, you know, you probably can see, I don't know, 30, 40 rows back, and then it's a black abyss of lights and people just screaming, or flags that you might see waving <laughs> in the nighttime, or a body being carried out because someone right, passed right. out. Dehydrated. You know? Exactly. So, I mean, I, I would say that that's the difference beyond sound, you know. The sound always, it varies in every venue that you're in. And I mean, you know, specifically, I'll go back a little bit to reinvention and Sling Castle, you know, and. Oh, right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, that's some, that's a clip that I still watch um, that just honestly gives me chills because we had the full moon. It was raining all day. Iggy Pop was there literally watching him destroy the stage going, (laughs) Uh oh, what's about to happen? You know, and and what's next? Like, every, everywhere you turn was a different obstacle. And I think that was a moment that brought a lot of us closer to. You know, we threw all of whatever was happening on tour out the window and literally were just there for each other. And that mm-hmm. experience alone, I'll take that to the grave. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most epic moments of my life. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. So there was a clip that I saw online that apparently the last show of Sticky and Sweet, there was a, a number where you were all, I think she was doing Spanish lesson. And mm-hmm. so all of the dancers were in those black robes with the hoods. And apparently on the last show, you all decided to surprise Madonna by not having costumes on underneath. You were just all in Itty bitty little black yeah, bikinis. Little black, yeah, you know, listen, if anybody doesn't know this, I'm going to let you know now. Every last show of any tour, it is have fun. Let's find a moment to just shock the artist or just, listen, not take it too far off script, but let's, let's, let's do something fun. So, yeah, when we took the robes off, we had on our little skimpies and... You know, that was our shock to her. But it was a really bad look, let's be honest. Or it was like an <laughs> 80s, 90s look. It was like little boxer briefs with knee pads and <laughs> <Right>. boots. <laughs> but I will say this. You want some meat and potatoes, I'll give you one. Papa Don't Preach, reinvention tour. I don't know if anybody ever caught this on the last tour, but me and Jason learned that whole number backwards and forwards and went out there and did it. And during the show, right after the number... I mean, beyond Madonna's look at us, like, what the fuck are you doing on stage right now? This is, this is not okay. She was so furious with us, and she got, on the, she got on her mic that, you know, everybody can't hear, but it's going through the system in the back. And she's like, tell these motherfuckers if they do this again, they're fired, they're done. And we're like, but it's the last show. What are you going to do? <laughs> and I get it. You know, she didn't want her show jeopardized, but at the same time, we knew every beat of that song. Wait, you were dancing with the women instead? Yeah, we replaced. <gasps> I want to say. I think Tamara was part of that. It was me. I know who did it. It was me, Jason. Me and Jason learned it, and we did it with Dawn, or maybe tomorrow and Marlene. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. Because we had Marlene on the show as well. Oh, that's <clears throat> yeah. hysterical. So you swapped out. Oh, she must have been pissed. Oh, she, she was. was so mad. When she turned I'm around, gonna... we were going. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Stefan, I think we need to start a rumor that that's the real reason it never broadcast on television. They messed it hey. up. <laughs> <Be honest. laughs> that's hilarious. All right. All right. So to pause on Madonna for a minute, we want to talk about your work with other people, other artists. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about some of your favorite career highlights with other wor- artists that you've worked with and what stood out for you. Yeah, you know, I've, let me think. I think one that really stands out with me was I got to perform with Stevie Wonder on the BET Awards. Wow. And it was the first time that Stevie ever danced. Oh, wow. And, you know, they did a little two-step, <laughs> but he got it. He came into rehearsal. It was hilarious. He was like, yeah, everything looks good, guys. And then, he, <laughs> and then they pulled him to the middle of the room and taught him a little two-step. And for me, it was just like, holy shit, man, I'm sitting here next to Stevie Wonder, and this is the first time he's actually dancing right. on stage. And it was just a little groove, but it was enough, you know, that people understood he he got it. Um, that was one that really stands out to me. Um, you know, as far as my career, it would probably be being able to creative direct the Pro Bowl for Rachel Platten. Um oh. You know, just that stage alone is massive. You know, it's not quite Super Bowl, but... You know, let's be honest, it's the Pro Bowl. It's, you know, it has a fan base. Um, As well as Ricky Martin, you know. uh, Because of Jason's long career and Jamie King working with Ricky, we got to come in and build a relationship with them. And we got to creative direct the Latin Billboard Awards, the Mm. opening. Oh, wow. Not only that, you know, which Ricky hasn't done in so long. And, you know, who's such a legend, let's be honest, and such a beautiful soul. So for us to be able to do that, like, I never dreamed that. And those are the moments to me that stand out the most because I get to bring the creative, bring the, bring the juice, you know, and express myself too. And mm-hmm. other artists allow me to do it. Come on, man. Let's go. Right. Well, you, you sort of get the opportunity to oh, sort of rely on your life experience of dance, 100%. you know, since when you were three and working with all of these other artists to sort of show what you're capable of doing and and teach other people. Yeah. You know, and the trust, it all comes down to trust and vision and execution. Mm. That's awesome. Well, and so in addition to dancing, you've also been in the world of film. (laughs) Um, You're, you're the second Madonna dancer we've had on the show who was not only in reinvention, but was also in La La Land. How did you end up in that movie? You know what's funny is Mandy Moore, who choreographed that film, I grew up in the convention and competition circuit when I was a kid. And I was taking class from her when she was like 21, 22. Sorry, Mandy. Um, (laughs) And, you know, it just kind of, our relationship has transpired over the years. And there were so many dancers in that film, let's be honest. Right. You know, so I was just one of the, the the names that was thrown in the pot and she was like, yeah, come on, let's do it. So that's kind of how it happened naturally. Were you, you know, part of the freeway scene dancing on the cars? I was not. Oh. My beautiful woman at the time, at my beautiful woman at the moment is in the very opening scene. 
um, singing with Reshma. Yes. But I was not a part of that scene. I think I was busy on a job at the moment when they were doing that. Because that, you know, as we know, films film over time. And I want to say I came in like the second month that they were filming. And I did the epilogue scene. I did the big one when they oh, walk yeah. into the studio at the end. Oh, so beautiful. I, I was a painter. Okay. Yeah. So that was the scene that I was in. Excellent. Did you? Oh, so you didn't get to see Rush by then. You, I thought, I thought you two were in that opening scene because I was like, every dancer from LA was in that opening scene. I felt like. Oh, it it does seem like it, right? Um, no, it wasn't. It, I wasn't with her, unfortunately, in that. So we didn't get to work together on the film. But you know, that's right. That's that's my Reshi Poo. I love Rush. You know, that's that's family. So I'm excited oh. for her. I'm so happy that she got to do that. And, you know, oh, I know. It was so great. I love I was like, when I realized that was that her, it gave her. I know. Come on. That's, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. She deserves everything she gets. Excellent. Okay, now I would be remiss, and Twitter would come after me, if I don't ask you about burlesque. <laughs> what, you've got to tell us what that... I mean, Christina and Cher, come on. you got you got to give us something. Give us something. Like, we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. I saw it in right. Chicago Thanksgiving weekend. I went outside. It was so freaking cold. I hate Chicago. My hair froze and broke off while we were walking to the movie theater in River North. And I still went and saw that movie packed house, packed house. And everybody okay. loved it. And I was like telling people, I'm like, oh, my God, that's that dancer from that dancer from Back to Basics. And, oh, that guy was in was it Madonna dancer too? And like, it was like a whole big party and people were drunk and it was wonderful. I love that movie. You've got to give us yeah. something, give us something. Um, give you something. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I would say that one thing that I realized once I got the job was that they were trying not to hire anybody that had actually danced for Christina. Oh, what? Interesting. And I don't know if it was just, uh, intentional thing or if it just kind of happened that way but I ended up on the job and got it and you know I remember being in rehearsal one day and they walked in and they were like all right we got this scene right and Christina's gonna sing it's it's a pivotal moment in the film and we need one person to come out and dance with her and it was um, and then the the director walked over and it was between me and a gentleman named Black who's an incredible guy he was in the uh, you got served in a couple of those movies too. And they basically just pinned us against each other and we're like, all right, here's the music, freestyle, go, have fun. And we're just gonna choose one of you. And I got that moment. So nice. you did. That was a great you know, part of the movie. Yeah. And I got to be in the band. And I just remember the music director coming up to me and being like, Paul, the two and the four, not the one and the three. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I know that, but I can't hear the music. And he was like, oh, okay, let me get you a monitor. <laughs> oh, that's but, it, but then I looked like one of that, that white guy hitting the tambourine off me. <laughs> what the hell is he doing? <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, listen, share complete, utter professional, incredible, so nice to work with, so sweet, you know, and, of course, being able to work with Christina and my sister and someone that I consider family and have spent, you know, years, years and years and years working with and building a relationship with. So it was like family, you know, and being able to build a relationship with Screen Gems and all of those guys, those are those are moments you can't pass up and you'll mm -hmm. never forget, you know, and, and pivotal moments in not only that, but my career as well. 
Yeah. You yeah. know, that led me to be able to do the movie Battle of the Year with Chris Brown. Oh, yeah. So, oh, my God. I forgot about that one. You know, I had a little short scene in the beginning where I was the lead of uh, the L.A.'s finest B-boy crew. <laughs> and I got it. I got into it with the coach, and he basically fired all of us. And that's when he went off and found all of his, you know, stars of the movie. So you know, like that, that opportunity just paved up the ways for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm super grateful that I got to experience that. And not only that, here's the best part, guys. I got to work ten minutes from my house, not an hour. Oh, wow! <laughs> wow! If anybody knows LA, it's like you're yeah. traveling. Yeah, in you're LA traveling. life, that's that's like that's like going to heaven. Good you girl. won the lottery, man! It was so yeah, gorgeous. Or winning the lottery, you're right. <laughs> well, I just hope you know just that that movie is not just a camp classic. It's a classic and people all over love it and rewatch it. Like I have friends who like have people over to watch that movie. Just so you know, like, Hey, it's a sing along, you know, every song yeah. in that, in that movie is, is, is a hit. Oh yeah. That soundtrack is just insane. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We got that out of me and we got it out of you. So now we're going to move on. Cause now we want to hear about eight and one creative. So tell us about, how the or take us on that origin journey how that eight and one came to be yeah so i'm trying to think it was about seven years ago now so let's say 2016 or 17 uh jason came over and we were at a show with a friend of ours called parlor social it's actually oh Ricky. i love parlor social oh yeah, uh, yeah i i was actually in parlor social's video for um Oh, what was it? The it was a doo-wop song that Ricky and Desi and Desi did. I, uh, I'm blanking on the name of it, but I was they shot it in Brooklyn, and my friend was producing the video for them. And so I, she was like, "Do you want to be on set at a music video?" It was Madonna's piano player and his wife, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, I'll be right over." And so I was, I'm an extra in the video. <laughs> yeah, and how talented are those two? Oh, they're amazing! Oh, wow! Incredible, super sweet, and oh. super nice. Yeah, so Jason was creative directing their stuff then. And I went, he was like, hey, man, come check out this show and tell me what you think. So I went out and Jason just pulled me aside and was like, listen, I got this company. I want you to be a part of it. You know, partner up with me. Let's, you know, with, with his connections, my connections. And not only that, just the work ethic that we had through. I've, I've known Jason when I did my first Christina tour. So I knew him at that point for probably about 16 years, 17 mm. years. And, you know, that's my boy. He used to come to my house, hang out. We would talk dance, talk career, talk what's next. And it just kind of was, it seemed so right at the time. You know, and I was like, yeah, 100%. Let's start this, you know, because I trust you to do what you need to do. And you know, clearly you're asking me to be a part of this because you trust me. So we started that. And, you know, so eight and one basically is a creative company. You know, we, we, we do creative directing, choreography, we do artist development. So we basically go to record labels, take their artists, develop them, you know, give them vocal lessons, give them direction on stage. How do we give them dance, you know, whatever it takes to mold those people into superstars. That's what we do. We direct music videos. I don't know if you guys know, but we directed the No Lighter music video with Snoop Dogg, Cheech and Chong, George Lopez, and Dogface. <laughs> so, you know, oh, wow. there's a lot of opportunity that we've gotten through our relationships over the years that we're just bringing together and really, 
you know, it's home base for us. Mm-hmm. Eight and one is just home base for everything that we do as creative people. And it's just a company that everybody knows now from us hustling. Yeah, that's a, hey, what that's it, the way to do it. Yeah, and it sounds like it fits into even interestingly enough to hear you talk about it. it takes me back to the beginning of this interview where you talked about your sort of special, your specialty as a dancer being, mm-hmm. you know, sort of having the stamina and being the jack of all trades. And now you've sort of enterprised that in a fresh that's way. Right. So that's, that's right. It's nice when people can make that loop in life and and circle back to that and be like, oh, I had this and now I've transformed it into this. So that's really cool. Yeah, Um, you know, we pull from our experiences and our relationships, which is the most important thing because, as we all know, that's the biggest thing in life is our relationships and the people that we've been able to make magic with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So what big projects do does 8 and 1 have coming up? Anything you can share? Well, I can share a couple things. I just finished workshopping a little bit with the Muhammad Ali Broadway show. Oh, oh fun. wow. That's nice. not coming up till the it's supposed to release in 2025. Things may change, but sure. Right now, that's one thing. Uh, another thing is just finished up a movie with Eddie Murphy called Kenny Kane Lane. It's coming out at Christmas time. Oh, and yeah, I did read about that in Variety. Oh, excellent, I, excellent. It's an Amazon film. Mm, yeah. And then we have Carrie Underwood coming up in June in Vegas. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we originally did her tour last year. Or not her tour. We did her Vegas residency. And we did a couple music videos and then now we're coming back, and she's coming back to Vegas. So you can see her in June in Vegas at Resorts World. Oh, oh that's fun. exciting. Congratulations. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. Um, so before we get to our last segment, Paul, I was scrolling through your Instagram earlier. I saw that you attended Madonna's Tears of a Clown show in Australia. and I, I did. I, I had to ask, so why were you there? as an audience member, and what did you think of that show? Because that's a very, very different show than the type of show you participated in with Madonna. Yes, it was very different. And you know what? It just so happened to be a coincidence. That's why I was there. Um, I was dealing with, I have a really good friend who lives out there, and I was actually going through a breakup at the time. Mm. And I, she just so happened to call me and was like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm going through some life stuff. And she was, she, she was like, hmm, well, if I set up some classes, would you like to come out here? And I was like, of course, I'll come out and, and teach. And, you know, I love Australia, first of all. If anybody knows anything about me, that's like one place I would move. I love it. It's, it's just beautiful. I'm a surfer. I'm a beach boy. Mm. It's, it's who I am. Um, so I just actually just so happened to be out there at the same time. How funny. And it was nice to reconnect and get to go see the show because, you know, it's family. Mm-hmm. You know, once you're a part of that camp, you're a part of that camp. What was it like so. to be, because the Australian fan base of Madonna's <clears throat> are severely underserved. They never get to see her. So the fact that she was there right. and doing this special, iconic, you know, in her legacy now, this show, what was it like to be amongst the Australian fans and just feel that energy? Yeah, it was very interesting. Um, You know, they waited outside for a little longer than I think they wanted to. So when they got inside, they were ready to go. Mm -hmm. And it was also a very small, intimate theater that she did. So, you know, they were crazy. 
Mm-hmm. That was the first time I had actually been on the other side of a Madonna show. Uh-huh. And seeing that, and then, you know, Madonna doing her whole clown bit and comedy, and I was just like, <laughs> whoa, what is happening? Just taking it all in. <laughs> but honestly, it was such a great experience because I think people forget sometimes, those of us who are in this business, when we're on stage so much, we actually don't know what it's like on the other side. Mm-hmm. So when we go back and watch these artists that we've, you know, had moments with in our life, it's actually like, it's incredible to watch really what you were a part of because it's kind of underappreciated. We're just up there doing our art and being yeah. who we are. So from that perspective, you know, I got, Jason was there and we were standing there talking to each other and just, he's telling me about everything that's going on. I'm like, you know, just catching up with everybody at the same time, taking it all in. So, you know, really it was a, it was a beautiful experience and something that's interesting. Have you seen Madonna on tour since then? Or ever? I saw Rebel Heart, uh-huh. and I saw Rebel Heart at the same time because that's when she just had the little Tears of a Clown show. Sure, right. That was the one off. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was my first time ever being on the other side. Fun. I wow. haven't had a chance. I didn't get to see Madame X. I didn't get to see MDNA, um, unfortunately, just because I was on other gigs and doing yeah. other things, and that's just... Will you see Celebration Tour? Of course. If there is an opportunity, I 100% will be there. I mean, there's plenty of shows. I mean, she's, she's, there's so many shows that it's like, come on, you have no excuse. You have to go. Yeah. And, you know, I'm connected to a lot of those people and what's going on, you know, at the moment. So I'm always in the loop of what's going on. So Mm -hmm. anytime I can see it come to life, I'm, I'm all about it. You know, and not only that, it's it's always just interesting to see the creative output that she's gonna come up with. Yeah, we'll where you she's know, gone. Yeah. yeah, he'll he'll be backstage again with that big white shag rug that was there at reinvention <laughs> <laughs> and the shenanigans that were going on back there. So. Oh yeah, you know we'll be running amok. <laughs> that was so funny to see that the clip. Of, and the white shed, because I when I saw it at Madison Square Garden as a guest of MTV, and we got a tour from the Live Nation people, and they actually took us into that room. Really, and we we met Tamara and oh, I forget who else was there that night. It was such a blur, but it was weird. And like they didn't let us walk on the white shag rug that like people would stretch on. And and Tony was there too. And then it was funny to see that scene in the documentary. I was like, oh, wow, I was there. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to say that's one of the few tours that I've been on. I want to say, did J-Lo have it? No, but an ambiance. Crew. Mm, yeah. So everything yeah. was like, let's make sure it's plush. Everybody gets to, you know, feel good. And, you know, I think that's important. Yeah. Oh, make yeah. everybody feel Create nice and mood. fluffy on a white shad rug before they go on stage. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, Paul, before we let you go, it's time for a little segment we like to call the lightning round. These questions are just meant to evoke answers that are quick off the top of your head. Wherever you're at in your Madonna journey today, don't think too hard. Favorite Madonna song? Ray of Light. Favorite Madonna music video? I would say the same. Ray of Light. Love it. Huge huge Jonas Ackerman fan. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Favorite Madonna tour? And yes, it can be one that you were a part of. No, Drown World. 
Oh, oh yes. good answer. Oh. Mm-hmm. Drown World. Can I ask yep. why? Why do you love Drown World Tour? I mean, just the whole theme and creative to me, that's that's who I am. I love that stuff. And to be able to do aerial and fly and incorporate all that into that tour, come on. Man. Yeah, come on. Madonna flying was just like yeah, That tour was, that was everything. Yeah. Underappreciated Fa- at the time. So underappreciated, even to the day. Yeah. Favorite Madonna movie? Have you seen a Madonna movie, Paul? Oh, of course I have. Come on. I'm just trying to think. You know what? I'm just going to have to go back to my childhood when I first... You know what? Dick Tracy. Oh, good answer. Good, good, good answer. One. Good. I know how you feel. You don't know if you want to hit me or kiss me. I get a lot of that. <laughs> totally. Uh, favorite Madonna look? And it, beca- it can be from a video, a tour, a photo shoot in person. Oh. I mean, besides the cone breast, I'm going to have to go with the opening of Sticky and Sweet. Mm. Every time I see that costume on stage, I'm just, or just a clip of that, I'm like, oh, that was good. That was the good. high collar with the hair. The high in collar and with the, 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 the cane. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, come on, man. I loved t- that whole, like, she was just like in charge, arriving yep. on that throne. It was such a modern day twist on a queen that just felt so good to me. And every time I see Absolutely. it, I'm like, that was done perfect. Well, and I loved that she did, she opened with Candy Shop because Candy Shop is like amongst Madonna fans. It's like some people love Candy Shop, some people don't like Candy Shop. And I'm like, I love that she opened with that song. And I love that she keeps bringing it back on, on other <laughs> tours over and over and over again. I'm like, God bless, justice for Candy. If she doesn't put Candy Shop on the celebration tour, I will be so upset. Oh, Ooh. she will. She has you to. You think so? You think I, so? I, I hope so. I, think I don't it, know. It would just be fun. There was, that whole album was actually really good. But I don't know. I don't yeah, know. No. We'll be surprised. I'll be surprised. I haven't see seen a set list yet. But, oh, okay. Uh, well, if you, if you catch wind of it, you can just you know hit me in the DMs. I, I'll, I'll just shoot you over. <laughs> uh, well, everybody, that's our show for today. Paul, tell everyone where they can find you online or on social. Yeah, you can find me at at Paul Kirkland Creative, and then you can also find us at at the number eight, spell out, and the number one creative. That's eight and one creative. And we'll tag and you. If, we'll tag you in the posts. Yeah, tag me up, and I will follow any of you back. So there you go. go on, yeah, give me well, a I was gonna say start follow, start posting more on Instagram because you haven't posted anything. I think in like. A year. Well, here's the thing. What you have to understand is I can't post a lot of the stuff because it's giving away things that are happening until Mm -hmm. it happens, right? So, and you know, I'm I'm a very intimate person in my personal life. No, not for any specific reason. Just you know, I like to keep it that way. Okay. So, well, your followers want to hear from you, so you know. I know. I know. Let's do something. You know, like walking on walking to set, driving in the car. You know. I know. I know. You have to understand. I mean, you know. That's it's not, not important to you. That's not where well, you're, that's not where you're making not the, bread and, the bread and butter. <laughs> it, and it's not, and it's not giving me the time. If I focus on that, I'm not focusing on what's important. There yeah. It's like having a second job. Totally mm-hmm. get it. You know, and all that downtime or that ride in the van or that's that walk to set. That's creative time for me. True. You know, that's, that's True. prep time. So you're teaching you know, me a lesson. You're teaching me to, to stop Instagramming so much right now. <laughs> yes, he is. See something for you to carry forward from this experience. 
Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of Instagram, remember everybody, you can find us on Instagram at MLVC Podcast. If you'd like to donate to the show, we're on Venmo at MLVC Podcast. You can think about becoming a subscriber, get these episodes before anybody else. We're on Patreon, patreon.podbean.com forward slash MLVC Podcast. Paul, thank you so much. This has been oh my God. so wonderful. I'm so happy that we were finally able to get you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. I very much appreciate it. Excellent. Yes. Thank you for being here. Great interview. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Much love. Much love. Snaps all around. <laughs> Are you on any medication? Do any of you smoke grass? Yes or no? Do any of you smoke weed? Huh? Could you do it less? Huh? Could you do it less? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Yeah. Not because I'm morally opposed to it. I just want to get the most out of it, out of you guys. Okay. Okay, well, you're hired. You're yeah. hired. <laughs>